Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils live show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook. It's America's top rated sportsbook people. Download the app today using promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you get $200 in free bets. Simple as that. I'm joined, as always, by Brittany Boyer. Brittany? How are you? I'm great. Thanks for finishing my sentence. We also have a special guest. We DJ do. Foster is here. DJ, how you doing? Doing fantastic, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. We're great. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing up there in Toronto right now? I'm good. It's about 42 degrees and raining, so I, I do miss back home. I know it's uh, a little warmer back there, so but it's, it's been amazing. You know, it's been a fun journey so far. Well, it's homecoming week down here. You know, normally Halloween week, it's still a little bit warmer than this down here for us. A little cold for us. We're in long sleeves already. Yeah, but, this too yeah. Though. yeah true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we figured it'd be a great time to bring back some of, you know, the all-time great Sun Devils that have uh, presented us with so many wonderful memories. And you are definitely one of them that both of us can recall seeing play and you know you're still out there tearing it up and you're a local kid so we are just so grateful to have you on the show so um you know dj right now you are up there in toronto but you know your story starts long before you even uh, started at saguaro i'm sure so do you want to kind of give us a little background of your time you know how you ended up at asu and your story since then <laughs> yeah um Growing up in the Valley, I played Pop Warner with uh, a lot of guys that, you know, went to various high schools and colleges and stuff. And kind of uh, coming into my high school career, I had a couple of choices between Saguaro and, and a few other ones. I had some family friends. Um, I had family that went to Saguaro and a lot of my teammates, um, guys like, you know, Teddy Rubin, Danny Clark, guys that uh, have been in the Valley playing sports for a while were going to Saguaro. So I chose Saguaro and um, had an amazing time there. Um, got to meet some of my best friends, play play great football, play with a bunch of great teammates, great coaches, uh, Coach Sanders, and um, kind of had the choice between a few colleges and ended up just staying home. I think my year, for some reason, everybody in the Pac-12 was getting fired. Um, from <laughs> yeah. Erickson to Chip Kelly, Coach Tedford at Cal. So I ended up staying home. I said, if I could figure something out, I'd rather be home and do it, you know, with my family and friends around me. So that kind of ended up being um, kind of my road there. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I just, ASU, you know, it's a special place in my heart. Uh, before ASU, that senior year at Saguaro, 60 touchdowns. And in one of those games, I believe it was against uh, Sunrise Mountain. You had 10 yeah. What 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 happened in that yeah, game? But, what did that feel like getting to the end zone it, 10 it, times? It's funny cuz that that stat follows me everywhere and I'll have no matter what team I'm on, I'll have teammates read that. Uh -huh. and I get questions about it and they laugh. They don't they don't believe me most of the time. Yeah. But it was a playoff game. It was a high-scoring game. Um Mike Brown, which is a a Saguaro legend, he went to Nebraska, was actually in attendance and I and I was a big fan. I was honored to play in front of him, so we were just trying to put on a show, and I was just trying to play the best ball I could play. And like I said, it was a, it was a playoff game, that kind of intensity. And I got the ball, and I just ran as fast as I can <laughs> and tried to, go, tried to score every time I could. And those were all on the ground, right? There was no receiving? Receiving, yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was 10, 10 touchdowns, 500 yards, and I'm not sure the kick. I think it was like 10, uh, 20 kicks. That's amazing. 
So you got to be a part of, you know, Todd Graham's incoming class of his first recruiting class. You got to see really his historic rise to that high in that 2013 season. You were part of the team that got to play in the Pac-12 championships when it actually was at Sun Devil Stadium before they moved it to a neutral site location. What was that like for you as a player to get to have that experience of playing in a Pac-12 championship that also is, I mean, they tried to make it a neutral site, but no matter what, you're still in Tempe. So what was that like for you? It, it was amazing. We kind of had a split class of kind of a lot of Erickson recruits, and I was the first class, obviously, for Todd Graham. So it was a mixture of guys, but it was beautiful to see so many guys come together. And it was such a talented team. I'm sure you guys remember just how many talent from Will Sutton, mm -hmm. Call Bradford. I mean, across the board, out in Derby, we just had so many great players. So to to reach that potential and know that we can play that game, obviously the outcome of that game wasn't what we wanted. But to get there, you know, to to beat UCLA at home the game before, um, to beat U of A that year, to I feel like we were playing great ball, dominant wins, um, and just to play in front of Sun Devil Nation at home for the Pac-12 championship. I mean, there's there's not much more you could ask for. Obviously, you know, a better outcome, but it was just a memory that I'll never forget. For sure, that uh, that team seems so close, and a lot of that um, tight knit bond comes with coaching or comes from coaching. Is there any piece of advice that kind of sticks with you? Um, whether it be Todd Graham or high school or even uh, back when you just started playing football? Is there, is there something that you carry with you from a, a coach that they, that they said? Yeah, um, I thought Coach Graham did a great job of coming in and, and developing kind of a culture when it comes to just being a man of character. You know, you, we all can do your talents and do your skills on the field, but it's it's who you are behind the scenes, you know, the little things that, you know, when no one's watching – those are the things that are important, and I, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned from him, and I still continue uh, to to use those in my career, just the, the little details of things and um, taking the time to focus on those. Now, Coach Graham also really was able to foster a certain kind of brotherhood within your team, and I know every team from each year, that sort of brotherhood kind of changes as the, the players on the roster change, but, um, you know, you and... Jordan and Burko had a really special bond, um, and I know that you were roommates. Uh, we had Simone on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about your rides <laughs> to practice in the morning and how you were not a morning person. <laughs> um, do you have any, like, super oh. funny memories um, or just, like, one specific morning ride to practice where something absolutely hilarious happened that you can recall that just is so random and out there but something you'll never forget? It, it was just the consistency of, you know, we'd wake up for our 5 a.m. workouts and Jordan had a Toyota Tacoma at the time, which is really a two person mm -hmm. truck. But so Burko would sit in the front and I'd be squished in the back with about <laughs> that much leg room. Yeah. And just absolutely. Jordan is a morning person, so mm -hmm. his energy's high. And I would say Burko would, was close to that matching that. And I am the complete opposite. I don't want to be talked to. Don't look at me. We're talking about an hour. Need my time to warm up, and Jordan was just is just always in my face. But he he knew that's how I would get going. So just those morning rides, hilarious. He'd play some terrible song full blast, and that's how I started pretty much my my morning off every day. But those are those are the memories that you know I'll keep forever, and I know that it's it's a, a funny thing amongst us. Do you ever try to recreate those memories on your own now? Blast some terrible songs in the morning on the way to practice. Yeah, I'll send him a video of some stuff to, <laughs> to remind what he did to me and how he scarred me. And now it's kind of a part of my life. So it, I guess it's stuck somehow. 
That's great. Uh, obviously, you know, having a relationship off the field is so important and obviously being roommates kind of exemplifies that. Does, does that translate to practices? Uh, like, are, are there certain clicks almost, or is it, it, once you're on the field, it's just kind of, everybody's basically a roommate at that point. Uh, a little bit of both. There definitely are clicks, but I think when, when you're a leader on the team, which I know I, Jordan, um, Burko, a lot of the guys that, you know, I was close with, you know, you take a certain role that you have to bring to practice. And I think guys look at you when you're in that role. So that was something that we could all share by being leaders on the team, that there's a certain tempo, a certain energy you need to bring to practice when guys are looking at you to kind of set the tone. So that was something that, you know, I think we always communicated. And even though we had so many different friend groups, you know, Jordan was a DB, I was a running mm -hmm. back, you know, was a quarterback, even Ellis Jefferson was a receiver, guys that I live with, you know, being who you are and letting them know that this is, you know, how we're going to practice. This is kind of our culture. I think that spreads to each uh, meeting room and each position group for sure. Now, um, <clears throat> I know right now you're up there in Toronto. You guys have a game this weekend, correct? We do Saturday night. Yep. All right. So how has your career up in Toronto been? And, you know, uh, is there anything you want to share about your time in the Canadian Football League that's been a little bit different than uh, things that you've experienced when you were in the NFL yeah. or, you know, because it's a bit different up there when you cross into uh, yeah. Canada. It, <laughs> it is. It is. But it was a very random opportunity. I had a kind of a decision last second to take this opportunity or maybe wait for a training camp call from an NFL team. So it was a really big decision. They were almost pretty much done with camp up here in the, uh, in the Canadian Football League. So I had to make a decision within 24 hours to get on a flight and come up here. And I just told myself that I didn't want to wait for a team and regret not taking this decision and uh, this opportunity to come up here and play football. And that was the biggest thing for me, you know, after playing five years in the NFL, playing a lot of special teams. I just wanted to prove to myself, to my family, that I still had that playmaking ability. And I, I know the player I am. And to be able to come up here and go out there and play football just for the love of the game, you know, that's kind of what it was about for me. And that's what it's been, you know, so far in my, you know, couple months here. And it's, it's been great. I've met a lot of great teammates, coaches. I love to travel. So living in another country and it's just kind of a, a good change of pace for my life that I needed. There's, obviously, there, there's a lot of differences between the leagues, but from a strict, strictly culture standpoint, like in practices, what's the biggest difference you see? Um, behind the scenes uh, that other people wouldn't see? Uh, for me, it was learning the rules. And I, <laughs> I still am. There, there's certain things where I'm just like, I'll have to ask my teammate, what is going on? What does that mean? <laughs> I know there's at some point in a CFL game, a, a full rugby match can break out. So there's so many, there's so many different things. But only three downs, you know, that's a big, big mm -hmm. thing for me, being a third down back coming from the NFL, realizing second down is third down. And, yeah. you know, you got to get the um, – 12 guys on the field. So little little details like that um, were, were hard to adjust to. But it was cool, too, to see how other people play football, other people play the game that I love, and um, seeing different rules and different cultures with that. Now, when it came to making your decision, I know you said you only had like 24 hours to make it. Um, did you consult any of your old mentors that you had in the football field? Like, did you call up Coach Graham? Um did you call up anyone that you had in high school that you were really close with? Did you call up Jordan or Burko? Like, how was that process? How did yeah. it go down? I I did talk to some friends. I talked to Jordan, and a lot of guys were kind of finding out maybe a few days within uh, after making my decision. But it really was just 
you know, myself and kind of my family, you know, it was, it was such a quick decision that needed to be made. And I thought it was more of a personal thing, personal choice that, you know, this is something that I want to do for myself. So I kind of just sat back, you know, prayed and just, you know, went into my own, my own thoughts and just asked myself what I want to do and, you know, what I want to do for my next step. And I just thought this was a perfect thing for me to take that step back and kind of go away and, and go play football just for, just for the love of it. Uh, we're switching gears a little bit. Do you have a ring from that, uh, Patriots team in 2016? I do. I have a ring and it's in a, a lockbox and I haven't seen it in probably six years. So I hope <laughs> it's still there. I do. Yeah. One of the, a great memory that, that, that I definitely have in starting my NFL career off, you know, with that team and learning mm-hmm. from those guys being around Tom Brady, Julian Edelman's so many greats. It was definitely, um, a fantastic memory that I won't forget. Either. What were what were those practices like? Uh, seeing go, going from an ASU yeah. team to the NFL, and you're at the pinnacle of it. What were those practices like? Can you describe that to me? They're intense. I will say that uh, Coach Graham did a great job in preparing, whether he knew it or not, in preparing uh, myself at least for those type of practices. I know, you know, he did know uh, Bill Belichick for a little bit, and I know it was very similar mindsets when it comes to intensity, mm-hmm. character, and how practice so I was kind of at I was coming from a culture that understood that so that helped me but every day was a game I mean every day was competing especially being an undrafted free agent trying to make a team a Super Bowl contending team was was a challenge but um, it was amazing I I rose to the occasion Um, I just try to embrace everything be a sponge and it was it was tough but it was all it was so rewarding in the end being a part of that you know Super Bowl victory and being on that team for that year was just, it was incredible. Do you have, I know that I'm sure practice was, like you said, very intense. So there wasn't a lot of room for messing around, but in the locker room, you know, you have a little bit more freedom to talk to the guys. Any funny stories when you were in New England, like during the highs? Um, I would say, I mean, my locker was close to Tom's and I would just say one thing about him. It was, it was so unbelievable to see a guy 20 years older than myself at the time and most of the guys in the locker room to be able to relate, to be able to put football aside and talk about real life situations. And I thought that was one thing that I respected him the most to be able to still relate and have conversations with guys, whether you were, you know, a rookie undrafted rookie your first round pick or, you know, 10 years in the league, you know, he took the time to talk to everybody. And I think that's something that I learned from him, no matter what locker room I go to, just being able to be social, being able to be a good teammate, reach out to guys that, you know, may not be the star on the team and just have those conversations with guys. I think that goes a long way with building um, a championship foundation, you know, in that locker room. For sure. I'm good. Uh, Well, DJ, that's all we have for you, unless there's anything else, you know, you want to add about what you've been up to and uh, or maybe when you're coming back to drop in and catch an Arizona State game. I know. Hopefully I'll be back. Um, Our Season usually ends around December 12th, so I've been tuning into all the ASU games that I can. It's it's a little harder on East Coast time. I'm yeah. flying asleep around 30-11, so. hey. but I've gotten the uh, BYU game. I watched the UCLA game, and I'm excited to watch this uh, this weekend, too. Uh, they're New playing great kickoff. ball. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully I'll be able to check that one out. But I love what Coach um, Edwards is doing, Coach Herm is doing with the team and the guys. I think they're playing great ball. I think they're still building, and uh, it's just it's fun to watch. I love watching the running game. Oh, I yeah. love all those bats and ball. Um, so it, it's fun watching that O line dominate. So 
they just got to keep going. And um, I'm excited to watch them finish this season out. I think it's going to be special. Well, we agree. Hopefully we will see you at a Pac-12 championship or a Rose Bowl when your season's done. Um, And best of luck with the rest of your season and continuing uh, on that path of proving to yourself that you are an amazing running back and do deserve to be there. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, DJ. Have a great day. All right. Well, that was an awesome interview. I love that, man. Watching him at ASU was one of my favorite things when I was a student there. I mean, I remember he he just ran with so much passion and and he's so cool off the field. Just a really great guy. I remember being a freshman and Mm -hmm. really following his recruitment closely, hoping he was going to choose Arizona Mm -hmm. State. And he did. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was nice. But, you know, DraftKings. (laughs) Come on. You can do better than that. Watch this. (laughs) I was going to say. Um, well, I, the thing with DJ Foster is right when I saw him as a freshman, I would have bet the house on the fact that he would go. stick to an NFL roster for at least two to three years. And he did that. And I would have cashed. Um, and if you you can't make bets like that, but you you might be able to soon. You just never know. I was going to say, does DraftKings have we, a Canadian football league app? I'm sure you can bet on the CFL. I've been on the KBO before. We can go draft. bet on DJ Foster. Yeah. Yeah, let's bet let's 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 bet on there DJ Foster. Maybe we'll make that a DraftKings pick of the week. Ooh, you know, you never know. We might have to throw um, that one in there. But if you want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on this action of uh, betting on weird things, you can. Um, and if you use that promo code PHNX when you sign up, you can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game this week at DraftKings Sportsbook and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do win that game. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and most of all, it's fun. I have so much fun using it, even when I'm not winning. But we're getting hot on the bet show. Monday through Friday at noon, me and Johnny Venerable will break down some bets for you that you can use on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So if you want to get on this action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get your $200 in free bets when you place just $5 or more on an NFL team to win their game, and they do. Only at DraftKings. 21-plus Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. You know when they tell you to say razor blades with like an accent? Rice plates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rice plates. Anyways, you won't have to worry about rice plates <laughs> anymore if you go to manscaped.com and use our code PHNX because you'll get 20% off and free shipping. And they have awesome shaving products to make sure that you do not stay hairy. So I, you um, should go there. I was looking. So for Halloween, I've mentioned this on the shows before, but me and my buddies are going to be the founding fathers. We're going to get like six of us and, you know, um, and. I was looking for like famous like beards or mustaches and the only one you that's can borrow like, Saul's the only one that's like famous is Abe Lincoln's but then I would have to st- shave the stash and I don't want to do that so there's not really a famous founding father mustache so if you guys have any ideas um, where I can incorporate that that'd be great because I want to use my manscaped lawnmower 4.0 for it uh, I was you thinking can about use your... I was thinking about using using it to get a goatee going but there's no founding father that had a goatee. I don't think goatees were even a thing back then. Um, Make it a thing. Yeah, we could. Maybe I can just tell be them Abe this is the goatee. new Abe Lincoln look. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to be a founding father with a goatee, the Lawnmower 4.0 can do that for you. Um, the Weed Whacker can do that for you. Their Performance Package 4.0 can help you get there. Only at Manscaped. You can go over to Manscaped.com right now. Use that promo code PHNX. Um, when you check out, you get 20% off and free shipping only at manscaped.com. That's P- code PHNX, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Let's ch- switch gears a little bit. I don't know what that was. Yep, we're going down the ASU press that. conference road of yeah. what was discussed today. Um, so, you know, Zach Hill was the person who 
they elected to have speak. <laughs> and I say that because I feel like it's always a toss up and yeah. you can vote on who you want to talk to. And like, I never, I really don't know. It's, it's toss up. So Zach Hill was who we got today. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he had touched on during the press conference. So, I mean, first and foremost, he touched on how ASU has accomplished quite a bit during the bye week. He says, the, the second half performance against Utah, they were trying to run the ball a little bit more, but with the way that things unfolded, um, they ultimately could not get things going, and Utah had enough momentum behind them, and it was a real thing, man. They just could not stop them, and he said it was a little hard for him to feel the sense of what the vibe was down on the field because he was up in the box, and he said that that was one of the uh, drawbacks of not being on the field. Yeah. He said, while there is the benefit of being able to see everything, you miss that uh, connectivity with the players of being able to kind of feel out with where they're at. That seems avoidable to me, though. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but I would have liked to, I don't know. I mean, you could, could just kind of tell. Like, if you're up on the bus, like, things weren't working. It was, clearly was not working. Uh, to so get away from the run game. I mean, I understand establishing it, and yeah, it's it's fun to see. And yeah, these the, the offensive line and the running backs are talented enough to break, you know, a, a streak of stops. But at the same time, I mean, you got Jade Daniels. You, you got you got to let him throw. Yeah. Um, but I, I understand the vibe thing. I understand the the feeling that is down there on the sidelines. But at the same time, you you don't think Herm would have noticed that, and then like talk to Zach Hill up in the box. I mean, yeah, right. I don't know. I, I I don't, I don't really like that as a, I'm not going to say excuse cause it's not an excuse, but you know, what I'm no, he just said in terms of taking it into consideration yeah, of where sure. he's going to play call from, yeah. um, you know, he also mentioned, and you touched on this last week, how Washington state's offense is similar to that of Utah's very active flying around the field, very agile. And also they have a very high level of experience, on their roster and the ability to play incredibly physical, which mm -hmm. does sound quite similar to Utah. So that is something you brought up last week. They're just not as talented, though. No, they're not. But yeah, I, I, ASU just needs to take care of business, and and that's the theme for every game they play in. I yeah. Mean, if if this ASU team can just do what they do, star in your role, be the best ASU team that you can be, without committing penalties or egregious turnovers then they, they won't lose this game the asu is the better team and they are most of their matchups if not all of them yeah and i mean he touched on that when it like he addressed penalties he said 33 of the offensive fouls so far that they've had or like a lot of them were just you know issues like small issues and things that they have to absolutely fix and i mean obviously we know that but it kind of piggybacks off of what Herm talked about yesterday um you know shooting themselves in the foot um they're they're spotting teams over a hundred yards and then deciding to play from behind. So we didn't talk about we didn't really talk about it yesterday, but this is a clip from the press conference yesterday of what Herm Edwards says that kind of uh, supplements what Zach Hill was talking about today. Uh, as a head coach, I've never had a penalty because I don't play. Uh, the players have to realize that, and I think the more you you, you capsulize it, we have 33 fouls on offense. 33 fouls. We have 22, excuse me, 23 on defense, 11 on special teams. So when you think about it, uh, you're averaging almost nine penalties a game uh, for almost 100 yards. So it's amazing we're five and two. You're actually spotting a team 100 yards. You're saying you can have 100 yards. 
going to play from a deficit and go try to win. Well, that's very difficult to do. Now, we, we found a way to do it, but you can't, keep, you can't keep living in that world. And I think the players understand that. They don't intentionally go out there and say, I'm going to go get a foul. They don't do that intentionally. Um, but the two games that they reared its head and it cost us, and, and those teams beat us as well. Now, I'm not taking anything away, but you give second opportunities to offenses or you give them extra yards with a foul tacked on. We know that. You guys are smart enough to figure that out. Offensively, you get yourself in some bad downs. And you're looking at second and 15, third and 20. That's not, there's no play for third and 20. Herm Edwards could steal something from a child and address me and apologize. And I would be apologizing to him after that. I, I feel like he could convince so you why he's right yeah. in stealing from the baby and I, not apologize. And you I would mean, still take it. Listening to him talk is so captivating. And he's so right about the fact that how is this team like it's amazing how this team is five and two i mean at such a high level mm-hmm. what in the pac-12 in a power five conference against teams like byu and utah and and everyone else that's on their schedule later in the year especially a team like oregon state who can capitalize on stuff like this a team like washington even washington state can it's crazy at such a high level spotting a team handicapping a team 100 yards that and is still absolutely- being able to win asinine yeah and 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 it's not something that's good it's not it's it it isn't being like oh like look this team can still win even if they give up 100 yards in penalties no that's the this team should be winning by 30 then um so so i i just love how herm puts it all the time um he's just such a good speaker and well i like how he said i've never had a penalty (laughs) as the head coach i don't play and it's like well true but you also didn't get the players ready so kind of but eh yeah but okay true true in a way yeah i mean at at some point there has to be a root of the problem and it's so hard to figure out when it's penalties and intangibles and stuff like that it'd be so much easier if this team you know was running schemes that weren't working or doing uh like making mistakes in coverage blown coverages Mm -hmm. but it's not that it's the little things that you know, maybe it could be the sound. Maybe it's the snap count. And that just kind of sucks, especially from a head coaching standpoint, trying to figure out what exactly is the root of the problem and not really having full control. It just kind of it, it sucks. And I, I I don't want to say I feel for him because it's really obnoxious and I hate watching it. But I do because it's Herm Edwards and I would die for that man. Yeah, I just feel like I mean, they know that it's got to be like a focus point from here on out but uh i think as everyone is going to have the same um i'm sure a little bit general bit of uh hesitancy yes i guess that's the word i'm looking for i just was drawing a blank but you know that same bit of a, it's like a standoffish vibe until yeah. it's like wait and see not that i'm not going to be around but you know before you believe it you want to see it before you believe it um they, they just got to show it they've there's been too many times where they've made progress and it's been two steps forward, but three steps back. The the, so. w- the one thing from the play calling standpoint, and uh, William brought it up in the chat saying that the only real benefit of calling it from the box is, you know, um, you just see the formations and everything. The game plan's already set for sure. The one thing that can definitely be avoided and doesn't matter if you're on the sidelines or calling it from the box is 
speaking of boxes, when the, there's a stacked box in front of you and running into a brick wall, essentially. And that's what they did against Utah. And that's something that as a fan, mm-hmm. as somebody who enjoys watching football, it really hurts to watch. And you saw that it with the Seahawks. It ruins C- the experience. You saw it with the Seahawks game last night. If anybody got, uh, if any of you guys watched the Monday night football game, uh, New Orleans was stacking the box and they kept running right into the wall of uh, the New Orleans stack box. And it's different because the NFL level, blah, 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 scheme, setting up the run, whatever. But it, it, it's the same thing. And... I don't know if, again, that's setting something up. I don't know if that's just our guys are better than your guys uh, is what they're saying. But that's something that I can understand the frustration from fans. Um, That's one thing that I can understand a critique to the coaching staff. But other than that, I mean, I think the play calling has been really good. Uh, I think it's gotten a lot better since the BYU game for sure. It's gotten really creative. Uh, They love using Elijah Badger in that – end around role um, they even do some fake end arounds we, we've seen some crazy stuff we've seen double passes and that's something you just don't see out of not only Herm Edwards but ASU in general I mean it, the Pac-12 really it, it's it's refreshing to see how creative this play calling has gotten yeah it, it's been nice and you know I think it's going to open things back up more too with the return of Johnny Wilson this week um mm-hmm. one of the last things to touch on for today is uh, the practice report of who was back out there today. And Chase Lucas, who had not been on the field uh, since the Stanford game when he had exited, uh, was back out there today, which is a good sign defensively. And uh, for offense, Johnny Wilson returned, and he has been out since the Colorado game. So two incredibly huge playmakers will be back on the field or should be back on the field this week. At least they were out at practice. Yeah, the, the, the Chase Lucas addition of him coming back, it's so understated because even even I was thinking that, wow, the secondary, even without Chase Lucas, some guys stepped up that looked good. But you look at the numbers before he was hobbled in both of those games and before he was out, it's night and day. I mean, this team was only giving up like – they were good. it was a third best passing defense, I think, in the whole NCAA, the whole yeah. FPS. They um, were and, up there, and they gave up a lot of a lot a lot of yards. A Utah team that you know mm-hmm. had a good game plan, but definitely shouldn't have given up as many as they did to a guy like Cameron Rising. And all credit to him, I, I've given my praise enough. I love the kid, and I thought he played great. But uh, having Chase Lucas back is massive. Yeah, Chase is definitely a difference maker out there, and I, I think that that is a huge reason why he also has. The C on his chest for ca- as being a captain because mm-hmm. he yeah he just means the intangible stuff he means yep. so much more yeah he does so um, that is all that I have for the day Shane unless you have anything else to talk well, about let's just tell the people what uh what we got going on uh, tomorrow Thursday Friday I mean we're live every so week it's homecoming we are. week well you mean every day this week yes, yes we are live day, every sorry. day this week it's all good um so tomorrow we will be joined by special guest Rodney Cox who played here in the. I don't, how do you say like the first gen, like decade of the 2000s? Because I feel like you can't say early 2000s because that sounds weird and everyone gives you a hard time. Is that right, though? Early 2000s. Early one. 2000s. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, he was supposed to be joining us today, but his son had a little bit of a health issue, so he had to postpone until tomorrow. So he'll be in with us then. And we also will be joined by T. Smith, who was a receiver here from 91 to 93. So it's going to be a great lineup. Thursday, we will have Gary Nudson joining us. So... That's going to be huge. And then on Friday, we will be joined by Juan Roque and Kyle Murphy. 
two OGs who played on that 96 Rose Bowl team right next to each other. It's going to be great. So make sure you tune in. Don't miss it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, well, look, guys, there's not only do we do these live shows at least three days a week, we also come well, come at you. We come at you with great content all the time. And a lot of that content can be found on GoPHNX. Uh, there's good stuff on the YouTube channel, but I think there's even better stuff on GoPHNX. And if you can, if you want, you can become a member right now, get your first month for just 50 cents, or you can get an entire annual membership for, I think it's 59.98, if I'm not mistaken. It's almost, it's, it's almost 60 bucks and you get a free shirt with that and you get great content. You get stuff from the Cardinals, you get stuff from the Coyotes, you get stuff from every Arizona sports team that we have coverage for, including Arizona State. Brittany's writing stuff on GoPHNX all the time. Mm-hmm. Post game wrap ups, her sleeping giant story, mm-hmm. uh, and we also we 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 just have really good content all the time there. Um, so if you want to read more of that stuff, go to GoPHNX, um, get your membership, get your get your merch on, uh, become part of the family, and it's it's just a good time over here. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anything else before no, we get out? That of here? is it. We will see you tomorrow, same time, same place, three thirty. Yep. Peace.